Hi guys, welcome back to Two Sisters in a TV. I wanted to briefly focus on, in this particular episode, something that ran across my mind earlier for some interesting reason, and that was the uh, fact that 51 years ago this spring will be the anniversary of the Great Purge, the big purge over on CBS. And if you're not aware of what that was or what that is, what that means, it means that in 1971, Fred Silverman, who became the brand new president of the network, canceled abruptly several long-time TV shows, fixtures within the network, including the Beverly Hillbillies, Green Acres, Hogan's Heroes, Mayberry RFD, Family Fair, The Jim Neighbors Show, in an attempt to revamp the network's image, because CBS was known as the country broadcasting network or country broadcasting station, because a lot of the programming was kind of laid back, kind of down home, kind of, what's the word I want to think of? Not very modern, not very modern at all. And he wanted more modern urban programming on the show. Now, he did leave on a couple of shows. He left on Mission Impossible. To my surprise, he left on My Three Sons for an extra season. He left Mannix on as well. That didn't end until 1975, that particular show. And there were a few others which I cannot think of think of at the moment that did not uh, were not abruptly canceled. But he wanted to bring about a new set of programming. And that began with the Mary Tyler Moore Show, All in the Family, the Sunny and Share Comedy Hour, and of course later on MASH and the Bob Newhart Show and Maud. And honestly, it did make the network more uh, you know, popular in the ratings. It became the number one network in the country. And so I get his point, but I do not agree with his methodology. I believe that each of these shows deserved a final episode. Each of these TV shows, rather, deserved a final episode. So that everyone involved could have closure. Everyone on the show, each show, uh, you know, in particular, could have closure. The actors, the writers, the producers, the directors, and of course the viewers. Because each of these TV shows had good ratings. None of them were lacking when it came to the numbers. They had loyal audiences still. They could have gone on for another couple of years. Certainly Hogan's Heroes could have. And Green Acres could have made it for uh, for an extra season at least as well. Family Affair also could have stayed on, but had it stayed on longer, I honestly believe that they should have allowed the character of Buffy to become a teenager. Because Anissa Jones, who portrayed Buffy on the show, was 13 years old and she was still carrying around her Mrs. Beasley doll and wearing pigtails. And she was very frustrated by that which I can understand. I was in a similar position myself, except I was not on national television, of course. But when I was 12, I was in seventh grade and my mom was still braiding my hair. And I I mean, not cornrows or anything that was fashionable. She had my hair in, in braids like a little girl. 
And I got, you know, laughed at, not excessively. I was not bullied, thankfully. But, I mean, there were a couple of girls in particular, you know, they they thought that was funny that, you know, you're 12 years old, you're in middle school, and you're still wearing braids. So I, you know, told her, I said, hey, I need a more adult hairstyle. I'm too old to wear my hair like this. So she got together with one of her girlfriends, and one weekend they did my hair set it in rollers and, you know, just kind of put a couple of treatments on it. And I went to school Monday morning. I switched from the braids to a ponytail, a ponytail with bangs. And I must say that I was the most popular girl in school that day. And it felt great. And never again did I wear my hair in a style that was just too young for me. So I can understand what Anissa must have been going through still wearing her hair like like a little girl. So Family Fair, of course, again, that, that could have stayed on a little while longer. They always did have really good episodes. It was a very tearjerker show. So they could have done more episodes of that. They could have shown Sissy getting married, maybe Uncle Bill getting married. But uh, yeah, that's one change that they should have made, you know, was to make, let Anissa go ahead and grow up, grow older. But unfortunately, that didn't happen because it too was a victim of the purge. Um, What's so unfortunate about the purge also is the fact that it was just done in a manner where no one on these shows knew that they were going to be canceled. When the, the shows wrapped for the 70, 71 season, they all knew or thought that they'd be back for 71, the 71, 72 season, but they were not. So they were notified in different ways. Phone calls. I think, uh, I think that's the main way they found out that they were, you know, called on the phone, told that they were not coming back, that they'd been canceled. I think some found out through letters, telegrams, word of mouth. But it's a tacky way to do that to, you know, like the Beverly Hillbillies had been on for nine years. That show was super popular when it first debuted and continued to hold steady ratings. And, uh, you know, these TV shows made a lot of money for the network and for them just to be kicked off. That was a very cruel thing to do. But like I've said before, the entertainment industry is very cutthroat. It's very brutal. They don't care about feelings. They don't care about people. They are very selfish, very self-absorbed. And so people are just not important. People are replaceable and are in the background when it comes to their decisions and their thinking. But anyway, um, that is just something that came to mind earlier. Like I said, I'm not really sure we don't know why certain things pop into our heads, obviously. And that popped into mine for some reason. So I just wanted to kind of throw that out there. But uh, unfortunately, the only TV shows of The Purge that reunited and had any kind of reunion were Green Acres in 1990. And the Beverly Hillbillies, I believe also in their early 90s, they had a reunion movie. The other shows did not reunite. Um... Jim Neighbors basically went on and, you know, started to be, appear in films like Cannonball Run 2, Stroker Ace. And, he, of course, he's really mainly settled down with uh, his partner in Hawaii and just kind of just enjoyed life, you know, out of the spotlight, except for the occasional appearance that he wanted to do. 
But, uh, you know, there was no Gomer Pyle reunion, which, uh, you know, Gomer Pyle ended. It was his decision to end Gomer Pyle in 1969, and he wanted to do a variety show so he could have the chance to sing. Because, you know, he was, was a good singer, and he wanted to be able to sing and do other things instead of being Gomer Pyle, which he also felt that he had gotten too old for that part. But there was no kind of reunion in regard to that. Um, family affair, again, no reunion. For one thing, Anissa Jones died of a drug overdose in 1976 at the age of 18. Um, Sebastian Cabot died the following year. He had a stroke. And, of course, later down the line in 1997, Brian Keith took his own life um, at the age of 75. So, again, there was no reunion, unfortunately, for Family Affair. There was no reunion for Hogan's Heroes either. Um, and of course, a lot of you know why. Uh, the first cast member to pass from that show was John Banner, who portrayed Schultz. He died in 1973 of a cerebral hemorrhage, I believe it was, an abdominal cerebral hemorrhage. And then five years after that, Bob Crane was murdered in Arizona. That is a crime that has still not been solved. And so honestly, without Schultz and Hogan, you you really couldn't have a Hogan's Heroes reunion. It wasn't possible. Um, Honestly, I don't think you could have had that with just Schultz not being there. Because he was a big, you know, part of the show. They all were. They all were. Hogan's Heroes is still very controversial. A lot of people still don't care for the show because of its premise. It's in a POW camp. I happen to really like the show. I still watch it weeknights on um, MeTV. I think the cast was brilliant. They worked very well together. The storylines, very funny, very entertaining show. But that's my opinion. For those who don't care for it, I respect their opinion and they have a right to that. But I'm just saying that uh, it's sad that some of these shows that ended in 71, they could not even do a reunion. That, I think, is the saddest part for me personally. But, um, yeah, so, uh, you know, just another one of those casualties in network television, within network television. And there have been many, many more. But I think that one stands out because there were so many shows that end on the same network simultaneously. So that makes it something that stands out all the more than any other TV casualties that, you know, took place in years afterward. But anyway, again, I said that this would not be a very long episode, but I did just want to share some thoughts about that because I have watched, I have seen clips of the Jim Neighbor show on YouTube, but I have watched all of the other shows on a regular basis, very fond of each one of them. And it would have been nice to have seen them have um, a last episode to see, for example, with Hogan's Heroes, to see the war end and they all go their separate ways. Like like MASH. That's what MASH did. Uh, what, 12 years later, you got to see the Korean War end. You got to see everyone go their separate ways. And it would have been nice if Hogan's Heroes could have had the same opportunity. So that's just my personal you know, opinion, my personal thoughts. And uh, again, it's very unfortunate that the purge ever took place i do get silverman's idea about bringing in some new shows 
but to just strike everything else out that had been on for so long and it had made the network so much money. At the same time, I think, again, that was a very bad decision. But Fred Silverman was known for not making the best decisions. He was really good at building up both CBS and ABC. He was great at what he did. He didn't do so well on NBC, though. He tanked on NBC. He, the, you know, he didn't, when he became president of NBC in 1979, he did not really know what to do with that network. The network, I think it got worse. And then after he stepped down and I believe Brandon Tarkatov took over as president of NBC, Fred Silverman kind of just disappeared. He didn't really see or hear of him much anymore. You'd see him do interviews and commentary, but, you know, he, I don't think he did anything else in regard to network television. I could be wrong, uh, but I don't remember hearing anything about him really down through the 80s, 90s, you know, he pretty much disappeared. You'd see him in a documentary about Charlie's Angels or Three's Company or something like that, but that was the pretty much gist of it. But anyway, that's all I've got for right now. I'll be back with something else more extensive, I'm sure, in a couple of days. And until that time, thanks for tuning in, and I will see you on the next episode.